I won more premierships alone than the other he 19 managers. He has created an absolute Boys, we are here to rant. James, we have to do justice before we just slide right into the top four. I didn't want to get off track. This, this is one of the best title races of all time. Good afternoon, and Patrick. You're in a really heated race to finish in the top four. And you trot out a B team. What do they need? What on earth? I don't have an option. I'm talking World Wow. Welcome. Welcome. To Prem de la Prem. Welcome back to Prem de la Prem. It is match week 10 recap. Ladies and gentlemen, we are in the final countdown of 2020. It's been an emotional year. It's been an emotional week. Uh, obviously, with the passing of Diego Maradona, we lose an icon of the beautiful game, and that's reverberated across the world over the past week. And then here on both ends of the spectrum at Prem de la Prem, you have James, and then teetering on the precipice of something unknown and equally scary, you have Patrick Crowley. How are you doing? Doing great, James. No reason not to be. Uh, we are another day on Earth. Flying high, living life. We're all smiling. We got a North London Derby this weekend, so mm-hmm. let's mm-hmm. let's see what let's see what this podcast has in store. Because I am I'm I'm flying high. It's a game of mousetrap, Patrick. Let's wait till you land on the cheese. See what happens. Mm. Uh, yeah, I mean, you by your own advice, this is a great week for us to debut a new upfront to the show. Don't worry, we'll still have some funny headlines for you guys, but we're going to try out something new. We're going game of the week, we're going lame of the week, and we're going shame of the week. And in the first week of sampling, Patrick and I landed on the same one for each. So that should give you a little taste of what is to come. I'm excited for this one. Yeah, there was there's a there's uh and it, it's odd that we landed on the same ones because there's there's a lot of storylines coming out of this week, uh, but mm-hmm. there were some that rose to the top. James, you wanna you wanna do the honors of the game of the week? Or would you would you like me to have my go at it? I'll I'll bust out the old megaphone in a second. First, I would be remiss if we didn't touch on last fan standing. I know you guys have been waited waiting with bated breath to see your boys on the big screen that is your iPhone that you keep in your pocket. Um, right now, Prem de la Prem's calling a boycott on the iOS app store. Patrick, I don't know if you knew that. I'm just kind of sending it here. We no, are not, yeah. as a family, going to be using that app until Last Fan Standing is passed through the standards board and officially put up on the app. It should happen by the end of the week. It's a big week for us. I know we've all been waiting. In the meantime, it would mean a lot to us if you did not update your phone you did not download new apps. Mm-hmm. You did not, you know, take part in the e-commerce that is the app store, unless it's Spotify to listen to Prem Prem. Right. And if you are on uh, Android, feel free. Yeah, you, you're, you're doing great. You're doing great. Go to the Play Store. They're crushing over there. Last fan standings there. If you actually want to go buy an Android, um, tell them Prem Prem sent you. Um, they won't give you any sort of discount. Um, we're just trying to get the name out there. So make sure all, all the uh, Android <laughs> Would be pretty sellers, cool. Would be pretty yeah. cool. Yeah, because then maybe the next thing happens, they're like, hey, you know, Prem de la Prem actually is on this Last Fan Standing app, pre-downloaded, every phone in the store. I mean, these are just, these are early stage discussions, James, but we have big plans, obviously. Yeah, we were talking with Google earlier this week, asking if they could have the app pre-downloaded on every Pixel phone. The answer was an unequivocal no, but mm. we're getting the word out there in exciting ways. You know, 2020, we're going to finish strong. Put it in the rear view, just like I'm sure certain teams want to, and look ahead. But you've teased it well enough, Patrick. Game of the week, and I like to think this was for the neutral as well. Game of the week, Southampton, Man United. 
Well, yeah, I mean, notwithstanding what it did to my um, my Bavada account, yeah, of course, the, I think this was the game of the week. Uh, Southampton uh, with two goals offset pieces in the first half, um, cheeky corner, and then a, a a brilliant a brilliant set piece by James Ward Prowse, mm-hmm. and then. What is that man? I don't. I don't know if there was a nickname for him, or if you just call him, you know, classic Manchester United second half comeback. On comes Cavani at the half, looks like a masterstroke substitution involved in all three goals, including a stoppage time winner. Mm-hmm. It was a great display for your boys. I mean, mm-hmm. Southampton's been a, a tough side, so I mean, you, you can't even be too too upset about uh, you know going down the way you did. So. What what a game! Entertaining that, as well. And there was, was there was a sense over that last like twenty thirty minutes that 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 more was coming. It was the ultimate prove me wrong game. You know, we we put out the right lineup against Istanbul. We put in a good performance, albeit against a pretty lackluster Turkish side during the week. But this was the story of the season. We put in a good performance, and then we come in against a team that you know Southampton's been on a flyer. But as United, you would pretty much expect to get a result against. Because that's still the standard that we keep. And I was anticipating a draw or even worse. And then, of course, as you mentioned, the script played out exactly that way in the first half. James Ward-Prowse deserves all the credit. He's a class player. I was thinking with his golf celebration, if, you know, if and when Southampton meets Spurs again, if he whips that one out, how would Gareth Bale respond? Um, That crossed my mind. Yeah, only... It it would be as severe as anything unless... Uh, Ward's Prowse said, to said something nasty against Wales. I mean, we know that's number one. Golf would yeah. be number two. So that's right. He, you know, if unless it's Wales, uh, yeah, that's going to get the second second biggest reaction out of uh, out of Mister Bale. Uh, but if, I think uh, I, I was reading something on James Ward Prowse. I think he is now tied for second with you know Beckham's. I think far off in number one for most direct yeah. free kick goals. I mean, it, it's not a lot. I think Beckham's got sixteen and Ward Prowse has nine. Uh, James Ward-Prowse also has converted over 25% of his direct free kicks. It's insane. It's insane. What I will say, obviously, the first goal from a set piece, um, I'm I'm an early signatory adopter, whatever, of get rid of zonal marking. You never re- read those stories of, wow, zonal marking working a treat for this team. It's always, why are we doing it? We've talked about it with Arsenal. Now we're talking about it with United. But, you know, I don't want to get into that. Ward-Prowse, great free kick. I don't hold De Gea too much um, at fault for that one. But the difference was, I was watching it and I was thinking, that wasn't that bad of a first half. It wasn't shambolic. It was two tough breaks. And, you know, credit to what Ollie did maybe in the dressing room by preaching that message and just, you know, keep the faith, not change, change, change. But he did make a big change in bringing on Cavani for Greenwood, which I thought was harsh at the time, but boy, did it end up being the right call. And I want to talk about three players quickly. We don't need to belabor the Red Devils as much as I know you all want to talk about them. Uh, the first person I want to talk about was obviously Cavani. And Patrick, if we had a ticker for Cavani that shows the free agent Man United signing sliding scale with Falcao at one end, Ebra at the other end, right now he's burst, bursting off the seams of the right-hand side with Ebra. Um, it it was, this was another prove me wrong moment and that I slated that signing, you know, go back and listen to the pod. I I didn't think he, he had it anymore, but he's got those old school Wiley striker moves that you can still, you know, I guess there's no substitute for experience. And at 33, he's moving in a way that 
Martial, love him to death. He just doesn't do as as the as the number nine man. So credit to him. One assist for the first goal back, and then obviously the two headed goals, and and that took him to the victory. Yeah, I mean, I think you would look at something like uh, someone like uh, Olivier Giroud. I mean, look at all of the the big name signings or big money signings, whatever you want to call it, attackers that come into the league and as as talented as they are, can't end up producing goals. And you know, Olivier mm-hmm. Giroud, I think he has. Uh, you know, the turning radius of an 18-wheeler at this age, but he's still finding a way to score not just goals, but, you know, meaningful goals. He has an understanding of positioning, and I think that you touched, you hit the nail on the head. It's that experience. Uh, there's, you know, he, he the, the the final goal, obviously the, it, was a, it was a well-worked set piece to get the angle, all that, but it was it was made by his his run, an early, yeah. early run, and it... What what else is it? It's either you know naivety or experience that's getting you in that position. You're either just so exuberant that you're making runs, or you know, you know, if if this ball's getting whipped in, I got to be in this mm-hmm. position. And of course, a, a a brilliant finish in the end. Um, never one that never 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 a guy that I really you know took as a um, a big moment or a big game player. Maybe that's just I, I mean, obviously never watched League One, but it felt like in the Champions League and with with Uruguay. Uh, he he missed some pretty big chances, so I don't know if that's sure. characteristic or not characteristic sure. of him. But obviously, still got some quality left in him, and obviously, you know, some, someone else we can talk about at a different time. But uh, Thiago Silva is another another guy of same team makes it easy on a free uh, coming in and yeah, you know, having having an impact still at this league, showing they can still play. Hey, Will Willian free signings all the rage, mm-hmm. all the rage. But before exactly we get too derailed, the, same, the three of them. Exactly. You put them all in the same group. Um, But Patrick, to your point about him missing chances, I read that as well. And obviously that contributed to my skepticism. But I think the statistic was like, he's missed a lot of chance. He misses a lot of chances, but he also converts a lot of chances, which means, you know, you add those two things together. He creates a lot of chances. And fair enough, you know, (laughs) it's like simple. It's like, yeah, you miss a fair amount, but if you're still converting at a high rate to be like the most prolific scorer and PSG history and whatnot, um, you know, he he makes those savvy runs. So obviously man of the match there. But two other players I wanted to touch on in the midfield. First and foremost, Van de Beek. That was the media scare of the start of the season. You know, did we bring him for the wrong reasons? Is he going to get in the team? And I don't understand what the easing into the team shtick was from Ollie because he's played well every single time he's been on the field, even in those cameo roles, you know, Damn, he scored the consolation goal against that terrible Palace game, the first game of the season. Um, and now I think it's pretty much understood that he's a regular starter and he's not going to get dropped, barring rotation, which still needs to happen. So that makes me a, ca- a happy camper. And then last but not least, Patrick, we talk about Dixon's Law. I want to introduce the Fred Rule of Nature, which states that when Fred plays well, Man United wins the game. And when Fred doesn't play well, Man United doesn't win the game. It's it's simple, it's memorable, and I think it works a treat. Those two guys mm. really making that midfield purr. So another way of saying that is Manchester United will go as far as Fred takes them. Honestly, it sounds ridiculous. I think that's true. You, you would know better than I. I. I'd agree with you. It sounds ridiculous. But maybe, maybe, maybe he's that type of player. You know, I don't really particularly rate Maddich anymore. Um, McTominay, I don't know what his, his, his deal. I, I, I would pick McTominay over Fred, but, you know, maybe on form. The, the way you phrased it made it sound like – the way you phrased it made it sound like he's a game changer or like a, what a Bruno does. Let's not get it twisted <laughs> on what their roles are. What I'm saying is 
What I happen to notice this season, when Fred is playing really well, and that means taking taking the play over from defense to attack, um, hounding the opposition midfield, um, moving play quickly, that is a symptom of us winning games. And when he plays like shit, you know, prime example, the Arsenal Man United showdown, we play like shit. So I think that's an interesting one to watch. If you're a United fan, if you're just neutral, trying to watch United games, keep an eye on Fred because I do think he's what's what's the word? He's like a harbinger of uh, of our results. Interesting. Yeah, yeah. Fair play to him. He's, yeah, he I mean he's putting some big big shifts. Absolutely. Yeah. Well, um, you know, before we we move on, and I don't want to stay on the game of the week too long, but um, I do have a Dixon's law for you. Oh, hit me. Yeah. Yeah. We, I mean, we've, we've been trying to add to the book, and this one I think is a pretty solid addition. So Cavani made up for it with his second half performance, but he was prepared to come on at halftime, ended up missing the boat, having to come on like a minute later because he didn't have his boots ready. And if you're Lee Dixon, these, these new players in their boots, it's, it's out of control how much they, they, uh, they fixate on it. So here's my rule. If you're a halftime sub, and you can't get your correct boots on by the time the second half starts, you have to go on the pitch as you are. Whether that's you've got one you got one boot on in time or you got no boots, that's how you're playing. Well, yeah, we, we should talk about that with um with Chelsea and Spurs. Didn't they didn't show up like four minutes late to the second half or something like that? Maybe it should be just zero on zero. Maybe make your appointments on time. That's important in all in all business. And this is important of course in life. A business after all. So yeah. I, I don't I don't mind that one. I don't mind that one. Would do the would do the same for um for jerseys. You know, if they still got the warm ups on, they gotta go out long sleeved, maybe a penny, really throw confusing you know, confusing the colors out there for everyone. Do you think that makes for a better product? <laughs> it I wouldn't say better, uh, but <laughs> certainly more entertaining. I, I you gotta imagine that's more entertaining. You know, it's not red versus white, it's red versus white. There's two guys in neon and there's a guy wearing wearing long sleeves and is that Mikel Burn, out there? Yeah, he's Burn Leno, Burn Leno sampled the uh, inverted stake, I believe we call it in the goal. Yep. Really popped, really popped. Yeah, Arsenal were trying to manufacture something this week. We'll get to them by uh, by rocking the away <laughs> and the home kits in the same game. Didn't work, so can't wait to see what we got planned for next week. <laughs> it's always a circus. Yep. Lame of the week, Patrick. You want to take us into this one? Real quickly on on Southampton, I did have a question for you. Um, yeah. Obviously, this is them without Ings, and I think that their their season has been good, um, you know, with or without. It. I think they've had a great start of the season. Obviously, should they be putting this game away, or does this show their show their level? I you know, I don't remember a host of missed chances. So put the game away. I I don't I don't see read the game out is maybe the better way to say it. Should they see it see, out? See the game out. I don't think I don't think Ings I don't think Ings makes a difference in that. You right. know. So I listen. I think on any other day where we didn't click in the second half, like Southampton would have been worthy winners because they took their chances in the first half and um, played a decent game. Uh, Gineppo gave Juan Basaka a bit of fits on the left hand mm-hmm. side. You know they're a solid team, but li- like no disrespect. I don't think this is like an example of a game where they showed their amateur side. I, I, I think this was more about United sort of bringing back a little bit of their old roots for this game. Mm. Mm. Mm-hmm. Fair enough. Fair enough. Mm-hmm. The expected and goals. I, you know, I'm big on unexpected goals. It was oh, less you're than a huge half a, unexpected goals. Half a goal to Southampton, uh, three goals to United. So United were definitely full value for the win. 
uh, yeah. for me. Just curious about Southampton. Obviously, uh, they've gotten, you know, they've, they've put themselves in those conversations of, you know, is Europe on the table for them? So Still these sixth place, games. Patrick. Yeah. All, all matches played evenly across the top. Yep. Yeah, you you got to think you've left something on the table, though, when you're when you're up two goals. So we'll, we'll sure. keep an eye on this fixture. Or result, oh, Hassan, Hassan Huddle was uh, was big mad. He was big mad. He uh, good. He said, "I heard, I heard the United dressing room. They were celebrating like they won the title. So that just goes to show how, how uh, you know, impressive of a team we are." And I'm like, mm-hmm. "Whatever, you know, whatever, you know, helps you sleep at night." Right, right, yeah. A little, little bit, a little bit of salt, a little bit of salt up there. Uh, but fair enough. Yeah, lame of the week, James. Uh, what I thought was going to be our game of the week. Maybe that's why it's the lame of the week because we're mm-hmm. of course grading these on a curve. But Chelsea versus Spurs, obviously two teams coming in red hot form. Close to the top of the league for the both of them. Spurs still on the top of the league, I think, um, because because Liverpool took the draw, I believe. Yeah, they're still on top of the league. Uh, so, cagey affair, not a whole lot of chances. Uh, felt kind of like both teams were afraid to lose that game to me, James. What did you make of it? Yeah, I'm. I agree. I I'm okay saying I was absolutely duped by this game. You know, going into it, and maybe it's because of our chat on the podcast last week. This had game of the week vibes. You know, Mourinho versus Frank, the uh, mentor versus the disciple, two teams in red hot form. And then as the game started to settle down, about 30 minutes in, I was like, oh, shit, both teams would be totally fine drawing this game. Mm -hmm. It kind of dawned on me, like, you don't want to lose this game, you're fine drawing it. And then they weren't going to stretch for it. When you've got a Mourinho team coming to Stamford Bridge and they're okay taking a draw, you know, I'm not going to say it was a park of the bus, but um, they they were compact and they were aiming just to hit on the break. And the one thing I'll add here that's kind of funny is Mourinho's been beating the drum of we're not in the title race, we're not in the title race, we're just happy to be here kind of thing and take it a game at a time. The reaction he had to LaCelso's late sort of baffling miss yeah. of a chance showed that he thought this was going to be a huge foothold if they could steal a result. Do yeah. not get it twisted by what he's saying in the media. Of course. And I mean, here's here's the thing. This is a team that I think looks so, so deadly on the break. And they're able to break, not necessarily out of nothing, but they're going to get their chances. They didn't take their chances. They had, mm-hmm. they had their four or five or however many it was that they get. Mm-hmm. And you rely on the likes of Kane, Son, Bergeron, whomever, uh, up front, Bale, if he's, if he's, if he's fit and playing. To take those chances, and and I I think that's a deadly Mourinho squad, uh, like we talked about last week with 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 Hoiberg and uh, Sissoko, uh, d- really doing a job in the midfield. Mm-hmm. They're they're dangerous every every single game. So I mean, if these are the types of results that they're getting, you know, draws away to Stanford Bridge, taking their wins pretty much everywhere else, they were on four wins on the trot prior. You know, they're 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 gonna be in the title race. You know that it's inevitable if they if they continue on like this and we're a quarter of the way through the season so we're starting to figure out who these teams are and it's not form it's identity so it's 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 getting to that point for me with them yeah well to your point about being a quarter of the way through the season and starting to figure some things out and letting things fall into place my cautionary tale for spurs is it's this and i'm the first one to pull one over on fat frank when i think he's doing something embarrassing or 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 chubby-esque 
Um, he actually gave a pretty decent post-match interview, I thought, where he goes, yeah, listen, like we know what Mourinho does in general. We know what he does with the Spurs team. They will kill you on the counterattack. So what did we practice all week? Okay, we gave the ball away. What are our positions? Where are we going back? Like, where are we taking shape? And I'm not saying that's a big revelation, but it makes me think 28 games to go. You have to think every team that is playing against Mourinho Spurs the upcoming week knows exactly how they're going to play. And we'll, we'll, we'll try and work on what they do in those giveaway ball situations because Spurs has been doing it the best out of any team this season. But can they do those kind of sustained pressure games versus, um, you know, hit them hard and fast right. and break? Like how long can they hold the wall? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it'll be interesting to see. It'll be interesting to see. I mean, I, th- I think that they have the quality to take their half chances. And they're, every team's going to get half chances every game. So I... It could work for them, but it, I'm just and, and they're winning. They're winning the games, you know, quote unquote, that they should be winning by and large this season by a comfortable margin. So mm-hmm. they're not really flirting with that too much. I mean, they did have that. You know, Kane scored the late goal. Of course, the West Ham game where they gave. I up think the they lead. had a couple bailout games. One, yeah. uh, oh, Kane funny, scored funnily enough, like Bale, eighty-six minute. Yeah, Bale scored. Kane scored late. a late goal. Yep. Bale had a late header. So, and I believe those were against lesser teams. So I think it's, that's the war. I think that's I believe, the watch out. Brighton and West Brom in second yeah. in consecutive yeah. weeks, and then Burnley won nothing as well. So yeah, yeah, fair enough, fair enough. Maybe they aren't who maybe they aren't the barn burners, right? Right? Yeah. Who's who's happier, Patrick? And I know this was probably addressed by pundits, but I'm curious what you think. Oh gosh, honestly, I don't, I don't, I don't think they should either be happy. I mean, I got you, you got to say Spurs. Oh, yeah, you don't I mean, think either should be happy? Well, I. I think that both both of these teams kind of made a decision tactically to set themselves up for like longevity, which I don't think is a, a bad thing. I, I think mm-hmm. you walk out of that that game and you probably say, "All right, on to the next week." Not you know, we didn't we did what we maybe not what we set out to do, but do you think if there was a backroom meeting, a secret backroom meeting between Frank and Mourinho, and they knew no one would ever find out, and in that room they could shake hands and agree on a draw, would you think they would have done it? If pride wasn't on the line, yeah, I do think they would have. But I don't think those two would ever. Like, if, if you know what I'm saying? Like, if, yeah. if those two yeah. actual people were put in that conversation, I don't think either one of them would cede ground to the other. Yeah. But fair. It's a great rivalry to watch. It really those is. Two. Those the Master two. versus Apprentice. He literally played under Mourinho. You know, that is, it's a lot had of his, fun. Had some of his best best moments of his career with Mourinho. It's 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 an incredible relationship. Notwithstanding NYCFC. Yeah, Three, yeah fair, fair enough. Yeah, I think Mourinho, uh, two two losses in a draw now against against Frank. Mm-hmm. So that's mm-hmm. one to keep an eye on going as well. That'll that'll make well that'll make the old man stew for sure. Oh yeah. All right. Well, Patrick, shame of the week. This could either take five minutes or fifty minutes. Buckle up, buckle in. Arsenal against Wolves, the send off of the weekend games. And it was a shame in quite a few ways, Patrick. Mm-hmm. I don't know where you want to start. Shame on the pitch. Shame on the concussion protocol. Shame on your cow. Um, I, it was a dark game in the sports. What yeah. do you want to digest first? Well, yeah, let's just let's just get it out of the way, right? Real, real nasty injury for Raúl Jiménez. Uh, comes out later. Um, there's a fractured skull. He's already had surgery on it, mm-hmm. um, done some light research on it in a kind of like 
similar injuries. Um, this type of injury has retired other players. Uh, Rahul, Rahul Menes is, is 29 years old. So, you know, if, if you look at it from that perspective, it's a real somber injury. Uh, sure. It's way too soon to know what his recovery is going to look like. So I'm, I'm just obviously at the same camp. I'm sure a ton of people are in just hoping that, you know, first and foremost, this isn't affecting his long-term health. And then, you know, really hope that he's able to play again without adverse effects. Uh, but you can yeah. tell from the player's reaction on the field, you don't get that kind of response very often that something was really not good. No. Um, so that was like, hey, get in here, medical staff. And then the quickest sprint you've seen a medical staff break into. Right, right. And then, yeah, then obviously there's the, the amount of time they spent with him, uh, the number of people that were around him. And, you know, you know, Wolves put something out on social media, obviously, you know, as, as optimistic and positive as possible that, you know, there's a lot of people involved in getting them help and treatment quickly. And, you know, the, the words that the things that just kind of make me a little nervous, you know, he was you know, responding to treatment and then he's comfortable in the hospital. Like those it, it just I, I feel like if he was doing better, they'd say something. But that's, you know, obviously based on speculation. I just it just had like mm-hmm. this pit in my stomach when, you know, the players call on the, the medical staff like that. So. It's scary. Yeah. up. It's Jimenez. Hopefully he comes back. You know, we're not even talking about like his is uh, kind of what the injury would do to his, you know, his, his style of play. Just hopefully he can make a return to Wolves in a in a prompt fashion. So that's right. that's that's that was the first first yeah. shame of the the the, well, the game. Well said, well said. I mean, nothing nothing really to add there. And I feel like there were no bones to pick with uh, with with Raúl as far as he's concerned. And you know the serious injury that he sustained. Um, it, it it played out a little differently with David Luiz. Yeah. So. There's two men in the collision, head-to-head collision. Um, so I'll, I'll just let you know what the Arsenal official statement is, right? Or let's go through the sequence of events. David Luiz down on the floor um, while conscious, sitting up, sure. Uh, but down on the floor the same amount of time Jimenez was. He, was. he wasn't down for 30 seconds. He was down for several minutes as well, um, getting stitched up. Uh, played the rest of the first half. Did not make an appearance either to the field or even the touchline in the second half. Arsenal comes out. Um, I'm not exactly sure what Arteta said right after the game, uh, but their their story's been consistent that he did not show signs of a concussion, that he had a cut, and mm-hmm. that the cut then gave him too much pain or whatever to continue. Mm-hmm. Um, even if you take that at face value, I don't know. It's clear to me that he shouldn't have been in the game. And yeah. No, no less, no less still the main man on free kicks. Dude, like, <laughs> I texted you during the game. Like, he surely has to be putting these top bins every week in training because I've never seen it. I've never seen it on target from him. The Not state of the, Arsenal that they're like, yeah. who's taking this free kick? Okay, David Luiz with blood spouting out of his head. That guy has so much confidence from one free qu- free kick in 2014. Yeah, he's riding out some like World Cup 2014 free kick. It was it was one of the most <laughs> it was it was one of the most amazing free kicks that I've ever seen. That sure, one. sure, it yeah, was, no it was absolutely no insane. Hate. But he's never done it before, and he never did. It no, after. he's I don't he's, know if he's convinced that he can do this. I've seen a few. He's had he's, he's had, he had some in his Chelsea PSG. time. He hasn't hit one at Arsenal. Not even no. close. Yeah, he's got he's to get the number one club at Arsenal. But, um, you know, staying on the serious matter, being the concussion, one of those weird, strange, unsavory incidents where, you know, he's quote-unquote evaluated, not showing symptoms, 
get him back in the game, something changes at halftime. Like you said, you can take it at face value that it's the cut or like probably a lot of people, you can choose to believe it has something to do with that insane head injury. And obviously this brings up the discussion of concussion protocol, which just makes you think again and again about how the Premier League consistently bungles it with these rules. And, you know, some people are saying, this is another thing to heap onto Arteta. I just want to make clear, like as the rules state, I went and looked it up and I think it's IFAB who make the rules for the Premier League and how referees adjudicate. Only the medical staff have unilateral decision-making ability on whether or not a player can continue. It's literally not up to Arteta. It's up to the the doctors. So Mm -hmm. I want to make that clear just to everyone. But the thing that- Arteta can still make a decision. So I mean, I don't think he's entirely off the hook. No, Arteta can't be like, you're overruled. I'm putting him back in the game, I think is, the, is what I'm that's trying to say. That's pr- more of the, yeah, 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 yeah. But Arteta can still pull him being like, that's ridiculous. I'm put, I'm, just exactly. because he's yeah. Oh, yeah, he's still good. the coach of the team. Yeah, right. he's still he the still coach has the, the ability to make, call it a tactical sub if you want. Tactical I guess sub what I, save CTE. Exactly. I guess, yeah, ta- that is dark. <laughs> I guess what I'm saying is doctors, no matter what their coach's wishes are, will decide if a player can continue. Um. What is might have occurred here that what I think occurred here that is unsavory and there should be a rule around it is it felt like and correct me if I'm wrong, they were under the gun. They wanted to get 11 players back out on the pitch and the game was trying to get going and they were like, okay, good enough. Like, let's get him in the game. Whereas what I believe rugby does, what other sports does is something called a concussion sub where you put in a player either temporarily or for the rest of the game without being charged one of your, I guess right now, three subs to, to fill that gap. And it just feels very archaic that something like this actually happened. Yeah. I'd, I'd love a, I mean, yeah, well, I love, we could talk about kind of like the models that could work. I think that's a, it's an interesting discussion. Um, you know, we clearly have a lot of influence in this space, so maybe we could, we could impact some change. Uh, but I think the clear is the dream. What, what it, this isn't a new issue um, in sports. This is an issue the NFL had. What the NFL had, you had team doctors who would make these decisions, but the decision was always the same. If you're employed by the team, the team's incentivized to keep the players onto the field. Whether you're the doctor, whether you're the coach, if you're under the team's payroll, there's going to be certain pressures to keep players on the pitch mm-hmm. if they are questionably okay. So like Spoken or unspoken. If it's right. a flip the coin, <laughs> put them back in. Right. And, and, and part of all of the, you know, um, the, the, the process, they're, they're asking the player, like, how are you, how are you doing? Like, talk, th- that you can see that communication going on. The player's always going to say yes. So if that's even a component in the decision making, uh, unless the player's obviously saying no, then it's a bit of a joke. Uh, so what the NFL did is they introduced third-party referees and, or third-party doctors. And these doctors, uh, you know, on the NFL's payroll, you'd put them on the FA's payroll. And, you know, I'm not here to talk about how confident the FA is, but if you mm-hmm. put them on the FA's payroll, it's effectively a third party. And you have the referee working with these third-party uh, third-party doctors, you can get sorted really all the, all, the, all the substitutions you need. The referee says, that looks like a head injury. Third-party doctor, you're taking a look at it. Yeah. Third-party doctor makes the call. No one else has a decision in the matter. And then that's, that's it. And I, I, you can argue whether or not it's been effective or not in the NFL. Uh, it gets more attention when it looks like it's been done poorly. Uh, but I, I, you do see it. You do see people taken out of the game. And the NFL is obviously more head-to-head collisions. So maybe it's, it's natural to be a couple years behind. 
but there's got to be enough data out there by now to show that you know head in a ball as a kid is not a good idea. They're using foam balls at Ajax in their youth academy now uh, for everyone under 14 to do heading yeah. drills. And, and, and the same could be said about you know recur or, or um, recurring concussions. Uh, sure. the, the science on that is really really bad. So I think it's just time to time to smarten up and just take it seriously. There's there's some things that are bigger than than football and having your your wits about you when you're 50 and 60 is 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 important. Yeah. And we have responsibility of the players to do it. Yeah, 100%. And it seems it just seems really unfortunate that we're quibbling the trade-off of protecting your player and and even wasting a sub. <laughs> right. Right. And look, the the, the FA and is shown that they're in uh, whoever whoever comes up with the rules, I assume it's the FA or implements the rules. They've shown that they're willing to change things. They've changed the handball rule five times this season. So it's not like you can just, you know, you you can't fix this. If you want to fix it, you can yeah. fix it. I love how they're, they're, they're like, like I love how they're like, like it is what it is and we got to you know, it's inconsistent with what they've been doing. Yeah, the the Premier League on concussions. We're going to trial some things in a few months. The Premier League on handball. Okay, so here's where the arm ends and go. Right. <laughs> this week it's below the below the elbow line. Yeah, it's 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 bad. It's bad. I I do I do like the idea of um you know kind of a concussion substitution. I think yeah. there's a lot of ways to make it work. You Why know? not? Right. And it, and the cynical answer is people are going to use it cynically and tactically yeah yeah which is like then you get into this whole thing of like you're telling your players to fake a concussion yeah and i cannot (laughs) like we don't want i can see that world and i don't want to live in that world i could see uh you know eric lamella in the 85th minute diving headfirst into every challenge just to be able to be able to get the sub i wouldn't put it past Mourinho to be like lamella go take one from that goal post from that inanimate object you agree that Lamella is the most likely to do it. Lamella, it was the first name that came to my Lamella's mind. Lamella's up there. Richarlison's up there. Ooh, uh, Trezeguet. Trezeguet from Aston Villa's up there. Um, my Ashley Young, my boy. Let's not take United out of it. Back in mm-hmm. the day, he would have mm-hmm. been. He would have run headfirst at a goalpost. No questions asked. <laughs> it's like Ashley. We need you to fake a concussion, not get a concussion. <laughs> Phil Jones is like what? <laughs> All right, so let's make this a little lighter for you and painful for me. Let's round out the shame here. Any the shame, shame dished to Arsenal the game. tactically, formationally, mentally? No shame? <laughs> no shame moving on? Fair enough. All right, next segment. No shame in that result. It's just to <laughs> dust yourself down and we go again. If I have to hear we go again from Harry Maguire after, uh, one more time after a loss, I'm going to lose it. And I'm sure it's you feel the same way about than, Arsenal. Uh, Cavani, he only knows tomorrow off, so he's he's always looking for that <laughs> off day. Never focused Ollie, on training. Ollie was so impressed, he knew what he wants to eat for dinner. I don't even know how to read that. <laughs> Ollie's just like, guys, he's big dumb. Let's move on. <laughs> tomorrow off, yes. <laughs> um, let's talk about, yeah, uh, Arsenal, man. You wouldn't wish it on your worst enemy to be an Arsenal fan. United's inconsistent, so I can't feel anything for too long. You've gone from this phase of clear signs of improvement under Arteta. It actually happened. It was not a mirage. I was there. I remember. He transformed the team into an FA Cup winning side with some pretty 
you know, comfortable scalps. And then let's not make this about Partey being out or not having your new signings because this happened before him. And suddenly we're back to Emery Ball and maybe I'm oversimplifying it, but it, it's, it's, it's making me feel mad and crazy. Uh, I can only imagine how you feel that this team is regressing now. I mean, the, the stats back it up. They're just the least they're the least creative team in the league, the least ambitious team in the league. And how sad is that? Because Arsenal under Wenger revolutionized modern Premier League. Football. Yeah, they. It's it's real sad. And I mean, it's 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 not even it's not even just on 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 that spectrum. You know, if you if you go like you know, the, it's if if you're an Arsenal fan and you want to go be depressed, go to the subreddit. There's a lot of real fun stats out there right now. I'm just curious and found find out that you have in all the five leagues, all the big five leagues, Arsenal take the fewest shots per game in the league of any team. Of any team. Real quick, you decided you wanted to go back to Reddit after this game in particular? No, I like getting stats from Reddit. I don't read the comments anymore. I just I like see. reading the I stats. I see. Okay. okay. It's because it's basically people just post. It's They're just getting real creative uh, with different ways to say Arsenal are shit. And so at this point, it's just like, okay, what's the cool new stat that shows how bad we are? And if we were doing headlines, I had written down in a touching tribute to Thierry Henry, Arsenal land themselves firmly in 14th place. So you, you had to get that one in. Yeah, so if, if we were doing it, here's the actual headline. Fair enough. He, he told you there'd be headlines, folks. I didn't know it was going to be like this. Didn't know it was going to be like this. <laughs> I was no, waiting for a quarter of an opening. That was barely yeah. an opening. Well, James, let me, like, I asked, I, I, you, and, you and Carl and I did this um, over over text message just talking about the um text message for for you guys that's when you you, you talk in words on your phone uh we did this over text message with chelsea and united <laughs> but i want to do this just straight up this lineup for wolves uh, and what i want to do is basically read you the uh the wolves starting 11 yeah i want you to tell me if yep. somebody on arsenal takes their place okay like 100 percent takes their place okay rui patricio I'd take Leno over Patricio. Sure. Um, <laughs> you, l- l- let's let's call it Willie Bolly and Connor Cody. Does anyone get displaced in the midfield there, or in the center of the center of the park? Uh, probably not. Maybe Gabriel, but no, I'm yeah. not confident making that sure. call. Sure. And then Nelson Semedo and Hector Bellerin. No. Uh, Marsal, who I mean, what's this? What's this guy's actual name? He has a, he goes by a different name, doesn't he? Uh, I don't know. Some Portuguese left back. Yeah. And the answer is still no yeah, for Kieran Tierney. Kieran. He's looked pretty crap. Right. And then, okay, so going into the midfield, um, or let's let's call winger Pedro Neto and Daniel Podence. Over who are we even saying? I mean, if you, if I think Aubameyang probably gets in over one of the two of them or Raul Jimenez if he's playing up top. Yeah. So over the three of them, let's, let's. I mean, spoiler alert. Let's skip right to the end. It's it's Leno and it's Aubameyang, right? And, and Partey so, if he's fit, you know, maybe he gets in in the center midfield. Sure, sure. And if you're being really generous, it's Gabriel. And you know, the depending on the team, Tierney and Bellerin as a, a fullback would make it in. But the general point is, this team just <clears throat> isn't good enough to be anything more. I don't think. Than a mid-table team, and I don't think. I mean, I'm, I of course I'm going to be optimistic going into every season. I, I'm here for the long haul, James. This team just isn't good enough. And you look at them on paper; they have expectations that they can't meet. That's going to do shit to your 
I mean, that's, that's going to fuck with your head. And then you look at this. I mean, l- listen to this midfield that we play. If you if you count, you know, our wingers in our midfield, Bakayo Saka, Danny Ceballos, yeah. Willian, Joe Willick, Granite Jaka. I mean, there's what are we? What are you going to do? What are you going to do? I mean, I think yeah. and another thing is, I think Arteta put a lot into a certain style of play, and you know, I don't think, I don't think the clock is running out on Arteta. I think clock's running out on a lot of these players. And that's what I'm, I'm still hopeful for. I believe good. in the project. Good. And I think that there's just the players aren't good enough. And it doesn't matter what manager comes in. A lot of these players just aren't good enough. And I love Bakayo Saka. I love Joe Willick. I think they've got futures on this team. But, you know, Bakayo Saka should not be playing every single game in the Premier League at 19 years old, not a goal-scoring winger. It just shouldn't be the case if you want to say you're competing for Champions League positions. So it's frustrating, to say the least. But I think that they are... They're, they are they are what they are. I don't I don't I don't necessarily think they're, you know, underperforming like grossly underperforming. You know, I just think that teams know it's there for the taking. We this sit is back, the we invite level. pressure tactically. We don't push the ball forward tactically, so we limit chances on either ends, and you know we don't have the creativity to break other teams well, down. So I it's frustrating, yeah. but it, it is what it is. I'm at I don't peace want with to, how bad they are. It's it's good. No, it's it's good. You're at peace. It's a very rational approach to take, and it's honestly very reminiscent to some of my. I'm probably as said on this cast some of my opinions about United last season pre Fernandez and while Pogba was injured. It was like oh a midfield of Pereira and McTominay and Jesse Lingard. You know, average result incoming. You know, like it's going to be fun playing Burnley. Um, but not to derail you from a very peaceful way of thinking. And I don't know if we can just chalk it up to the new manager bounce. There was a period where Arteta looked to be getting the reins on this team and and pulling out performances. And there was defensive solidity that was nice. And Aubameyang was playing well. And you you can't even seem to get that right now. You know, the, the defense does not look solid. Aubameyang, since the contract signing, is an enigma. Is there any explanation of that? Well, I, I would disagree with you a bit on the defense looking solid. Uh, I think I, I think Gabriel and Holding have been, you know, two of, two of um, you know, Arsenal's best players on the season so far. Uh, so I disagree with you a bit there. I mean, I think we, you still maybe a bit just disjointed. That it looked solid, think- that it looked solid before, that it doesn't look solid now. I mean, I guess, how would you define solid? I, I think that Arsenal set up tactically in a way that invites pressure. And, yeah, I don't, I don't, I think that Gabriel and Holding have been a good pairing. Uh, to give you some, what Arsenal are going after in, in, the, in the January window, or what we're at least led to believe they're going mm-hmm. after in the January window, is a right-sided center back and, and a creative midfield player. And so for me, what that tells me is they know, they, they like what they got in Gabriel, so do I. They think that Holding is a rotation player, squad player. If that's our standard, fantastic. We bring in a right side to center back, hopefully someone who's you know better than Rob Holding, be really, really happy. Bringing in a creative midfield player, I don't know exactly what kind of formation style Arteta want to play. That's kind of getting lost. I thought we were going to get more of that with Party, but of course he's been out. El Nenny had COVID. Yeah, it's just a, it's, a shame. It's, it's been yeah. a bit of a mess, right? Yeah. So it's kind of tough to figure out exactly what Arteta wants to do. Uh, but a creative midfield player, somebody who's ambitious, brings the ball forward, is an absolute void at Arsenal. Uh, never replaced Ramsey. Ramsey hardly replaced Riziki. 
and you know Cazorla, who <laughs> didn't replace you know the, the players that came before them. So it's like it's been this trend, and it's been getting worse and worse and worse and worse. And you know here 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 we are today, where we're starting yeah. Joe Willick. Fair. Love him, he's trying his best, but he's. I mean, if Joe Willick's your number ten, just you know go ahead and kiss the three points goodbye. Fair. It is that sliding scale of you didn't replace this player, who didn't replace this player, you didn't go, replace yeah, this player, and that was the last time yeah. we won the title. <laughs> right. <laughs> right. You're like, oh wait, it, it's that simple. Yeah. Yeah. Obviously, Ozil came in was supposed to do do more in that role for longer uh, than he did. So you know. Yeah. Shout out Pogba's attorney for winning that one unequivocally. Yeah. Jury's still out. <laughs> Need I refer to the text? Uh, yeah, Aubameyang's performance—it's been—it's been poor. It's been poor, and you—you you hope that it's—you hope it's poor form. They're not creating chances. He received three passes in that game, three passes in that game. Uh, I don't think he's working hard right now. I don't think he's making himself mm-hmm. known. I think it's an exhausting style of football to play for a striker, though. I'll give him that. Mm-hmm. Uh, but and, and I think the whole team looks a little disjointed. And this is—you know—it's we wanted to keep him. We needed to keep him. Sure. Uh, I would like to see the armband on somebody different. Um, I don't think it's going to happen this season. But I'd like to see the armband on, on, on somebody different. I think that mm-hmm. we need a little bit more leadership out of that role and let, let Aubameyang, you know, focus on some other stuff. Sure. Yeah. Well, enough said. Don't want to rain on the parade. You know, hopefully. Oh, this is a parade. Uh, I did bring my instruments. Mm, okay. I was waiting for us to break out in full song. It hasn't happened. It hasn't exactly gone the way I drew it up. But, you know, hopefully, I know Parchy's a little way out. Pepe suspended, El Nenny COVID, you know, a couple injuries. Hopefully, you guys can at least get to pulling some results out and then Crunky pull out your wallet in January and yeah, make some kind of signing. Here's the thing. Here's, here's a little perspective. It's not all doom and gloom. We're sitting in on the exact same number of points your beloved Manchester United were sitting on through 10, 10 match weeks last year. We all know how that ended. Y'all finished third. Mm-hmm. I think there's going to be there's there's going to be a lot of injuries. There's going to be people missing for COVID. It, it's going to be a year where I mean, even looking at the table right now, yeah, sure, Arsenal sitting in 14th place, uh, but you know. They're, they're, they're five points out of a Champions League spot. Like, this is just, it's, it's going to be it's very, very fluid. It's, it's early, early days, exactly. Days. And we got five games till January. Mm-hmm. Um, it, it, it's going to be a rough road. These fixtures are tough. Uh, I don't expect Arsenal to be in the top half of the table by the time January comes knocking. But I also yeah. hope that that prompts some pretty aggressive business in January. I'll, I'll be, let me put it this way. I'll be disappointed if we're, if we're not really aggressive in January. Yeah. And get some people that can come in and impact the squad. Okay. I'll be I'll be disappointed then. But until yeah. then, I think we know what we're working with. Yeah, you're just riding the train out for better or for worse. Okay, mm-hmm. well, let's leave it on two things here with Arsenal. And I think my last thing will hopefully make you feel a little bit better. But first and foremost, on a scale of one to, I'm tired of it, Robbie. How tired are you of it, Robbie? Um, I'm in like the... Um, like you see in this shit too, kind of like funny laughing stage right now, okay. where I'm like, guys, you, you got to It's just, it's, it's. I can't help but to laugh when I when I mm-hmm. watch. I mean, I, I too, I, I, I mean, I, I should, I should, I should, I should know already. It's what I like to do. I got reruns of The Office going on all the time. I'm just watching the same shit every week with Arsenal. <laughs> so it's, you it's know. yeah, yeah. If I find a song, I stick with it and I go over and over and over again. So that's that's basically what what I'm on. Dale. 
with them right now. Right. And yeah, of course we got the North London Derby coming up. So I was buckle well, up. Hey, you read my mind, buddy. I don't know if this comes up in the degenerate, but uh, I don't have Spurs as dead certs to win that game. Anything can happen in the North London Derby. So yeah, chin up. I just I just hope a little bit of spine. That's what I'm hoping for. That's what I'm hoping mm-hmm. for. A little bit of spine. Mm-hmm. A little spine. They're on top Patrick. of the fucking table. Knock them off. Show me that you care. It's a little bit of leave it. It's a little bit leave it. First and foremost, this is a more of a mental health check-in. Last week, we, we burnt the house down. Um, yeah. How, how are you feeling? I feel good. I feel like just spring cleaning, Marie Kondo. I'm feeling organized. I'm feeling fresh. Those takes didn't bring you joy. It's fine. It happens. Mm-hmm. Those takes did not bring me joy. So uh, I don't have any joyful takes quite yet. Uh, I'm letting it stew, letting it marinate. I'll be back to fill the tank uh, with a little more. Let's um, let's revisit the crow. Uh, how Pepe? Where, where do we stand? Are you cool? Are you are you sticking by it? Are you cool? Yeah. No. I mean, I'm I'm dropping team of the season. That's that's dropped. But Pepe, I let me put it this way: uh, if Arsenal want to, I, I they're either going to need to offload them for close to what they bought him for to get somebody mm-hmm. who can produce in that position. That position's a $50 million minimum position to get somebody who's going to walk in and produce. Mm-hmm. Or he's going to have to come good. So we ain't selling him for $50 million, Not right now. Mm-hmm. So hope he comes good. And I hope that yeah. Arteta's got him back around. Okay. Uh, Arteta welcomed him back in. Obviously, last time we recorded, um, that was before we knew whether or not Arteta was going to start him. And he said, look, I'll never question his work rate. He's given me everything. And for me, that's all I know. He, if he's if he's not in Arteta's doghouse, he's not in my doghouse. All right, but true, he's true stand. still got to get some stuff sorted. Uh, sure, to make team of the season. All right. Well, sounds like you're doing okay. I believe what you've got, you nailed to the mask to this day is uh, Villa to do the double against West Brom. I believe that's what you're rocking with right now. I think I got a few more in there from the summer, uh, but I'll have to dig those up. Okay. Liverpool right. to get Un- four double-digit goal scores was on there, and I'm sticking by that one. I think Firmino's yeah. going to get there. Barely. Uh, <laughs> I think I also co-sponsored Harvey Barnes to have uh, 25 goal contributions on the year. Mm, with with Steve? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I had a Harvey Barnes one that was going to score 15 goals, but then I co-sponsored that one instead. Okay. Well, you've co-sponsored one with me, funnily enough. It's our loveless marriage of... Fulham and West Brom both going down. 17th and 18th respectively. We still feeling strong about that one? Don't don't need to For go now, to For now, yeah, we can we can keep that one in. I do I I still believe in Sheffield United. And that might make me the biggest donkey of all, but You're not alone. This donkey's right them. there with you for a two-cart donkey show. I still think Sheffield United is going to avoid relegation. So do I. I really yeah. do. Yeah. I really they they don't play <laughs> I mean, obviously, this is the worst start in Premier League history. Let's be clear. There's no team that has ever done this poorly through 10 games. Ever. So this is as bad as it's ever been for somebody. But, like, I know this is going to sound stupid, but when I watch them, I'm like, they, they don't play that bad. They're in these uh, games. They don't play good, but no, they're not. No, I mean, this, yeah. yeah. I, I was this was a team that finished it. well in the top half last year, so something's got to give. Um, is Dean Henderson going back? No, Dean Henderson's not going back. He's sticking he wants to. He, well, I'm, I'm just saying on loan. I th- there were rumors of him going back or going out on loan to get some first no, team minutes before the no. Euro. I don't think we'll do that, especially if Romero leaves in uh, January. But that's not what we're here for. I do want to remind people of my takes that I have that are very much live. And one of them is about to come home in a roost. We got Gareth Bale. This is very contrary to the hope I just gave you. Gareth Bale to score in a North London derby. 
He's not starting as of late, so that's an interesting one, but I still feel steadfast in that. And then Leicester to finish in a worse position than they did last season, and those little losers are just proving me right at every turn. Lost to Fulham. Who does that? Yeah. Who does that? Fulham now has two wins on the year, which is about two more than I thought they were going to get. They scored a penalty. Mm -hmm, Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Kicked it straight. Mm Mm-hmm. Same guy, too. Props. He John Terry'd it to the sky last time, and this one landed in the net. So good on you. Yep. All right. Yep. Patrick, freaketh of the weaketh. Do you want to take this one first? Yeah, yeah. So uh, this one's a new one. It's a hot one, James. I'm going Newcastle United. They got the entire squad in isolation right now due to significant outbreak. That was what they used in quotes, a significant mm-hmm. outbreak. Mm-hmm. I don't know what that means. This is what we talked about at the beginning of the season, that it wasn't going to take more than one one team to have a slip-up that's going to screw things for the whole league. Uh, we've seen the NFL manage somehow, uh, but with the fixture yeah. congestion this year, it's, it's going to be tricky for them to, if they have to take a, a two-week break for a group of teams and then fit these fixtures back in. I hope this isn't the beginning of a, of a slippery slope first, James. It's scary. But it's it's, it's it's freak worthy. I think um, Steve Bruce probably had like mandatory tea time at his house. Like his wife made a nice bunt cake, and he made everyone come around and sample it, like against his better judgment in close quarters. I think that I mean, was probably the epicenter of the uh, the outbreak. Yeah, you you beat Crystal Palace on the road. It's bunt cake season. You know we got to celebrate. We got to get mm-hmm. together. Mrs. Um, yeah, Bruce, your, Mrs. Bruce, remember your social distancing. P's and Q's. Yeah, let's let's take this seriously, folks. We're we're on the up and up. Well, we're not on the up and up. We're in another lockdown. But after that, we'll be on the up and up. Believe you better believe. And Newcastle, those Northerners, you got to take it seriously, or else you're going to ruin this for everybody. Yeah, I just got an alert on my phone that said LA sets dangerous COVID nineteen records. Okay, not opening that well, one, but yeah, let's just leave that one in the unread pile, and then maybe mm-hmm. it won't exist. Mm-hmm. I don't leave my house, mm-hmm. so I'm chilling. Yeah, no, you're doing great. Okay, well, here's mine, Patrick. Recurring freak alert, Thomas Muller, the German Jerry Seinfeld. He's back at it again. I was hoping for Kevin Friend, but what did Muller do this week? Direct quote after beating Stuttgart. He goes to the media and he says, how do the British people say it? You have to show it on a windy night in Stoke? Today is not windy, and Stuttgart is not Stoke, but Stuttgart is a team that plays very well in the last weeks. So he just not even, unpacked. He unpacked his joke to the point of non-humor. He unpacked his joke to the point of non-humor and making it ineffective analogy. Yeah, like, <laughs> you just he, want. He just wanted to say, "Do it on a windy night in Stoke," which I get. It's a great saying, but yeah, he ugh. had to make. Yeah, I mean, we saw it before. He, he can't just let it go. He can't leave it and hope they get it. Lewandowski. You got to hit it. He has to make sure you, you get it. Low and goal because goal is Golski. Uh, but man, I, I can't get enough of this guy. It's a shame he's not in the Premier League. I know there were rumors several times that he was going to make that jump. He seems just so happy at Bayern. I, do you I, think the guy just makes me smile? Do you think this is how Germans tell jokes? Or he's just a rare breed? Is it like, so you see, the reason why I said chicken cross the road is, is not human? Yeah, I don't. I don't know any German comedians, so I don't know what the peak of comedy is um, for the German. They're not known for their humor. I believe that is probably a 2000s, 1990s antiquated joke we shouldn't be saying anymore. But they're not known for it. 
if you're no. going by those um, those standards. I don't know, James. I don't know. But I he is him. he is a treasure, and he stepped up to take a penalty for Bayern today, and I would have bet the house on it. He, I, I think it was Henri that said it, but some somebody said ages ago, you know, kids they shouldn't study, uh, they shouldn't they shouldn't idolize Ronaldo, they shouldn't watch, they shouldn't model their game after him, they should model a game after Thomas Mueller because that's something everyone can do. I don't think yeah. he meant it as disrespect. I think he meant it as like this guy's just a he's bang average athlete. Not overly technically skilled, but he's just a very, very effective player at a very high level because it's he does point. everything right. It's a great and point. It's a, it's a, it's, it's a guy I think a lot of people uh, or a lot of youngsters should model themselves after. Yeah. For all the youngsters that are listening, I know we have a real, our teen and tween audience, James, been meaning to talk about it on air. It's just been growing. It's uh, burgeoning. Similar trend to TikTok, really at the same time. So it's influential podcast, influential platform. We haven't even dropped the Mike Dean. Recreations yet? No, no. Oh yeah, we got some TikTok ideas for you. In the old tickler <laughs> file. Uh, yeah, those would be good. Those would be good. Uh, but yeah, yeah. Let's let's see. All right, culture. I got two. I'll, ooh, okay. I'll, Which are sandwich I'll, style. I'll sandwich. I'll sandwich. I have one. You be okay. the you be the rye bread. Okay, so I'll do my discussion point one before a cool story one. Um, maybe it's not even a discussion point, but. Uh, news out today, uh, Tuesday, so a couple days ago once we released this. Um, Brexit is back in the news in soccer. Uh, right. and basically what they're saying now is you can't sign under 18-year-olds uh, internationally. So that changes Chelsea's recruiting. I'm not sure who else is recruiting it changes. Not sure the impact that's going to have on the Premier League not being able to bring in these talents, I'm sure there'll be ways around this to basically have feeder clubs. You know, every club probably has a couple of clubs that they just right, do business right. with over and over. Interesting to see how it plays out, James. Uh, but it will be a significant change, of course, to our youth academies. That's very interesting. So that that's um, back, like, it goes both ways? Like, European clubs can't bring in under-18 British talent and vice versa? Not sure. I, of course, okay. only read how it impacted the Premier League. What Fair I enough. do, th- what I do Fair think point. is going to be real interesting about this is uh, how it impacts homegrown status. I don't really know the homegrown rules and the allotment, but I know you have to have a certain number or you can't have over a certain number whatever on your roster. Before this ruling, if they came from your academy, regardless of whether or not they're British, you get a, you get a Brazilian kid at 17, you take him, put him in Hale End, graduates the academy, he's homegrown. So this changes to squad building, squad shaping. This could be good news uh, for for England uh, uh, on the national team spectrum if they're going to be spending more and more efforts focused on you know English born talents in really every youth 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 academy across the country. Uh, but it could also be limiting to you know kind of that globalism that the Premier League's experienced. So it'll be interesting to see how this one kind of how sure. it plays out. Great reporting, Patrick. Mm-hmm. Back to you in the studio. I also read that this was the most important takeaway from Brexit. I did not fact check that part, though. <laughs> there are lives at stake. <laughs> I uh, said in jest. James, hit me with the meat of the sandwich. Affairs. Here's your pastrami. I got to mm. give it up to my man on the Glosso show, Nico Cantor. Love um, him. He's really, really edging up next to Big Shaq as far as most desired guest on Prem de la Prem. And he feels more attainable. He's got all the makings of a kid who didn't prep for his presentation. And now it's presentation day and he's just making it up on the fly. And he's killing it. And unbeknownst to him, 
and probably everyone around him, he is bringing that energy. Like, I, I actively want to watch the Galazzo show now. Like, I might even watch it instead of the United game. That's not true. but No, no. Um, we won't do that. But, I mean, Europa League, even less teams you care about, less teams to know. He's going to be throwing those names around like it's nobody's business. It's going to be fun. Point in case, for anyone who's not aware of the Glosso Show, it's like a it's like an NFL red zone for the Champions League games where you just bounce around. And obviously, in, in the NFL, you have indicators of when something's about to happen, like a team's in the red zone. In soccer, it's on a little bit of a tape delay. So you're normally like moving to things right as they know something happens. They went to Man City. They they missed the key moment in the VAR review, so all you saw was a very valid Gabriel Jesus headed goal, and then Nico just goes, "And it's been disallowed. The goal did not get given." And you hear Gus Poyet, the guy in the studio with him, be like, "What?" And they just sit there, and everyone's confused, and you're not seeing why the goal was disallowed. And then he just fades up the audio on the broadcast and moves on. <laughs> it's it's so good. This is yeah. This is the same guy. Um, who, uh, you know, talked about it being a, a sad day, a sad day for soccer because Maradona died, but also sad because of the lack of first half goals. And here's the highlights. So this guy's got some real David Luiz psycho little, energy. Little column A, column B, Patrick, as a friend oh. once told me. Oh my God, he's got it all. He's got it all. I encourage you guys to watch it. Um, it'll probably be too late for this week, but last week is the last week of uh, your European. Next week competition next week yeah next week is so he's gonna be on fire it's a super bowl it's a super bowl so he's got to be he's got to be ready for it Mm -hmm. last but not least okay so did you hear this um the story out of uh borussia let me give me a shot here munchen gladbach last night nice no so around four o'clock in the morning um borussia munchen gladbach fans gathered in front of the hotel where Inter Squad was staying and basically launched about five minutes uh, of fireworks at 4 a.m. <laughs> uh, of course, Inter went on to win this game. Sure did. But nearly 50 years ago, there's a story tied to this incident. Okay. There's, this was retribution for something that happened in the 1970s where Godblock beat Inter in the Champions League quarterfinal, and then a fan threw a Coca-Cola can at some player on Inter the match gets canceled, and Gladbach uh, lost the replay. Um, basically, suspicion arises after the fact because there's Coca-Cola cans found around basically the Inter Interfans uh, seating area. So the theory is that the Interfan threw the Coca-Cola can, hit the Inter player, game gets wow. canceled, Inter wins the replay. There's a the sign shot heard around the world. There's a sign right by all the fireworks outside the hotel. It says, enter, things go better with Coke. So this is retribution for an incident in the Champions League nearly 50 years ago. Yikes. Football fans are unmatched in their, in their craziness. This is, it, it, this is what really caught my eye. Patrick, it's a little scary to me that Germans aren't forgetting things that happened in the mid-1900s. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I think if we extrapolate if I could that. Put it, if I could put it that way. Yeah, if we could extrapolate that, James, <laughs> dangerous days and precedent to set. Uh, I hope you think it's 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 limited here, uh, and that's, that's that's the end of the retribution. Just waiting every year to draw Inter in a game. It's amazing. It's so much fun. And the oh. thing is, do you think it, like if this happened in the seventies? Do you think the guys lighting fireworks are 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 seventy year olds? No, these people weren't even alive when this happened. They're holding on to some shit that they didn't even experience. It's, it's, it's passed down through the family. This. 
Oh, yeah. it's amazing. It's the talk you get when you when you turn, you know, 16, 18. You get the birds and the bees and, you know, how to respect women. And then it's, hey, son, if we ever draw inter, you, you show up to that hotel with fireworks. Yep. And you make it about Coca-Cola. <laughs> it's brilliant. It's brilliant. So good. So good. All right. Home stretch, Patrick. Goal of the week. <clears throat> I, after careful review, I'm giving it to my boy Rafinha who's got some real Nani energy out there for Leeds United. It was a cagey, exciting game Leeds-Everton was, and Rafinha broke the deadlock in the late stages of the game with a well-poised low drive that just curled in the bottom corner. Mm-mm-mm, good. It gets my goal of the week certified fresh. Well, James, your taste is impeccable. It's also getting my goal of the week. I felt, also thought he was the man of the match. I felt like I've watched a lot of leads this year, and I've just seen him for the first time. I don't know if he just had a crazy game or if he's been out, uh, but he looks a top player. He was he was pretty incredible, I thought. Yeah, uh, in in that game, so big for him, James. I think we're also doing goal of the month, are we not? We are, we are. Um, do do you have one? I do. It was actually kind of tricky to get to. Um, it is tough. It is tough. This wasn't. It, it was it was tough in two. Two uh, spectrums. We're recording this on the first. The Premier League hasn't posted their nominations yet. Nope. Um, so, go just kind of going off memory. Go back. Um, in mine, I'm going with the team goal, James. A team goal. You're not going to like it. Giving it to Lacelso. His goal versus City. Um, just onto the pitch. Spurs play play a ball from Dyer up to Kane at the middle of the field. Uh, it's effectively a, a four on six. Spurs with four. Uh, Son mm. makes a run wide, drags Cancelo and Laporte out of the play. Bergeron runs centrally to occupy Ruben Diaz. Lacelso's run beats Kane to the mark. Perfect pass from Kane. Slots the ball through through uh, Ederson's legs. Finish in the end was nice. Not a goal of the month finish, but a goal of the month team goal for me, James. That's where it's I'm going with one. it. It's a good one. Patrick, I'm going with Obama Young's penalty at Manchester United, Old Trafford. Big dub, big goal for the man. You know, he's been struggling for form this season, and I think he tucked that one away nicely. Aubameyang, goal of the month. You're a disgrace. You're a disgrace (laughs) for that one. (laughs) Did Arsenal post goal of the month nominees? Oh, God, I hope not, man. I hope not. We scored some bangers in Europa. Let's just be like, goal of the month in parentheses. Yeah, we're counting. We're counting all of them. (laughs) Oh, you guys are killing it in Europa. It, that's here's the thing our, it, for for all the ding dongs that are saying Arteta out. He's not getting fired as long as they're in the cup competitions, and they're already through in Europa. FA Cup doesn't play till January. He's yeah. here. He's yeah. here through at least March, no matter yeah. what the hell happens. So, you know, it, it, nothing nothing's happening before then. Right. Okay. Well, let's send it home the only way we know how. Patrick, how have you been doing on Degenerate District, and what do we, what do the people have to look forward to? James, we had a week. We had a week. Um, I I won some bets last week. I couldn't even remember what my lock is, but I had a lot of a lot of heartbreakers last week. Um, lost uh, four just, bets, just about everything, right? Four bets in stoppage okay. time, okay. and then several others before stoppage time. Uh, but I'm taking the mellow approach. You know how I do. Shoot to get hot. Don't wait to be hot. I took all. All eight Champions League games Tuesday, took all eight Wednesday, taking all 16 Europas on uh, on Thursday. We're getting hot again, folks. That's so incredible. Don't worry. 
Don't worry about the mojo. It's coming right on back. Lock of the week. I, I just have to do it, James. I, I, I know that they're not that high on the table, uh, but I'm going Leeds plus one versus Chelsea. I know Chelsea's got the firepower to really knock it past them, but Leeds brings it to everybody that they play. We saw it. It's a risky. They play a risky brand of football, Patrick. Yeah, yeah. And so I'm, I'm, I'm taking a contested corner three is what I'm doing, and I'm not afraid of it. I'm locking Leeds plus you're, one. You're taking a contested corner three for a lock. A hundred percent. But there's also a lot of meatballs, and we'll get into those. Um, so Liverpool. Minus one versus Wolves. I think they're going to win that game, especially without Raul Jimenez. Um, hate to say it, but Spurs at even odds to win. It looks it looks a spicy line. I won't be taking that for the record. I will not no. bet Good. on Spurs yeah. versus Arsenal. I will actually, in fact, minutes before that game, bet Arsenal's money line. It just Fantastic. will happen. I'm not, I don't Fantastic. plan on it, but that's what You don't will plan happen. on it, but you know yourself. Right, right. So if you like Spurs... If you think Arsenal are shit, that's a line to look at. I will not be taking that one. Uh, Leicester, this is actually probably what would have been a safer uh, a safer lock. Uh, but Leicester, <laughs> away to Sheffield, even odds to win. Yeah, why aren't we just making that the lock? No. Uh, also, like Manchester United, at actually plus odds, plus 105 to West Ham. They do feel like that inconsistent team, though. Uh, this line scares me a little bit. It feels like a, a banana peel for them. They feel ripe for banana peels. I actually like City... Uh, minus two and a half versus Fulham. I know Fulham just got off off the mark with their second win, uh, but it feels like after the poor performance versus Porto, Pep had some words to say in the in the post match presser. I think they're going to come out and just you know really show them demolish. What's up. One that I'm going to take, but I'm you know Everton James lost four of their last five, but against Burnley minus one ten. I kind of like it. Yeah. Poor Burnley, they kind of got their mojo back, and then all of a sudden you get thrown into an away game against City, and one thing led to another. All right, James. And speaking of shooting to get hot, crock of the week time. Got a 10-way parlay for you. We're taking all 10 games on the match mm. week. Do we call this a donkey chariot? Yeah, 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 yeah. We'll call it the donkey chariot, the donkey ride. So ride with me on the journey to more success. We're going to reel these off quickly. Uh, I actually took this one... On the weekend, I took this one on Sunday. Um, so that was probably more. This was this is this is a Just real before jar. you knew that the Newcastle Crystal pa- or Newcastle game was even going to get canceled. Yeah, so that one might push in the end or get pulled out of there. Uh, but Villa over Newcastle, Everton over Burnley, City over Fulham, United over West Ham, Leeds plus one. So just Leeds plus one over over Chelsea, not over Chelsea, but Leeds plus one against Chelsea, Crystal Palace on. Uh, a, a, a spread of zero, so it would push on a, on a tie versus West Brom. Leicester over Sheffield. This one gets a little dicey. I'm taking Arsenal to draw Spurs. I couldn't I couldn't put them in the parlay as the win. The draw, I have to do it, and I need all 10 in there, so I'm putting them in as a draw. Southampton over Brighton, and Liverpool over Wolves. I feel good about it, James. And that May is God a, have mercy uh, on your soul. That is at a plus... That is, uh, an out of control. that is an out-of-control. That is an out-of-control. Yeah. James, that's, one, that's, that's $10 to win four and a half grand. So <laughs> we'll see how it goes. So we're we'll quitting see. our jobs when this donkey hits next week. Stay tuned, folks. Here's the way I look at it. 
I've got to hit this once every 10 years. I love how I just said you're quitting your job with four and a half grand. (laughs) (laughs) See you in a couple months. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Holy shit. Like, oh, if I do my finances, that'll get me two uncomfortable months. (laughs) I would have to come back tail between my legs if I pulled that one off. Yeah. Yeah. That's the donkey. That's the district. Type 45, James. As always. Donkey district docket. That is the Prem de la Prem show this week. Patrick, if you could combine two of your favorite activities into one morphed activity, what would it be? A cooking video game. You, okay. So like we cooking. Doesn't sound fun. Mm-hmm, sure doesn't. On behalf of Patrick, this is James. We hope you guys had fun with us two fun folks on the Match Week 10 recap. We will see you next week to recap the games. What's up, Prem Heads? Make sure to find us on Apple Podcasts at Prem De La Prem, a Premier League podcast, and smash that subscribe button for all other interviews, segments, and hot takes that you can handle. You can also find us on Instagram for some fire content at Prem De La Prem Podcast. No spaces, no punctuation, just like life.